name is Holly Henderson and I'm a um, PhD student at the University of Birmingham. Um, I think I'm probably going to do all of the things that Neil talked about this morning um, in terms of uh, how I uh, think about research and um, I'm going to try and uh, some of what this is uh, about is a kind of uh, relationship between um, a policy but also uh, how we talk about um, policy. Um, my background is in um, literature and uh, language um, so I tend to focus quite a lot on the language that we use and so as well as thinking about policy I also want to think about uh, us as researchers and the language that we use to interpret and to write about that um, policy. So I'm going to start by uh, focusing on the word local um, and I'm going to explain um, a little bit um, why that's a relevant word. Um, but first of all, I want to think about the fact that um, actually local um, as a word is used quite a lot to cover um, lots of things. And I want to think a bit about what we do with it. So um, if uh, we're describing where we live, then local becomes quite a relational concept. So uh, if we are talking from London, um, then Greater London is, is local to someone who might be coming from North Yorkshire. Um, if we're talking to someone from that same county, we might talk about a city or a town as our locality. If we're talking about some, to someone from that town or city, we might then talk about a street or an area within that town or city. Um, so local used in that way is, a relation, is quite a relational uh, construct um, in that we define it in relation to um, who we're talking to and what their conceptualisation of the local is. Um, I think it also has other connotations, um, so things like uh, local shops um, and uh, local pub, um, I think uh, there there's a also a suggestion with the word local of uh, familiarity. Um, we would be unlikely to refer to a Tesco superstore as a local shop, um, so I think even if it was very near to us, so I think quite a lot of the time we're talking about something that is related to a, con a, a conceptualization of home um, and familiarity. Um, getting on to how we talk about it in um, education and particularly higher education, I think um, quite a lot of the time we think about um, what is local for people um, in terms of uh, students getting to places of education. So we often describe local transport um, and sometimes we mean local being within a driving distance and sometimes we mean local being within a walking distance. And, I, and I'm going to come back to those ideas because um, who we talk about when we mean each of those things um, I think changes um, in relation to quite a lot of uh, social uh, and economic factors. Okay, so um, I'm going to explain briefly um, what I'm going to be talking about here. It's converted all my numbers to number one, which is very helpful. I'm really glad I put the numbers there. <laughs> I'm going to do them all at the same time. Um, so uh, I'm going to explain why I'm looking at higher education and place. Um, and some of what I really want to do today is make a case for looking at higher education and place um, and the relationship between them and the language we use for them. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, how I'm looking at it, um, so I am going to bring in some theoretical um, uh, explorations of place. Um, my research is looking at students studying um, higher education qualifications in FE colleges in England, um, so I'm going to look 
particularly why uh, conceptualizations of the local at the moment are very important in terms of um, HE, higher education and further education policy and the way that um, bringing those things together um, is actually quite difficult. Um, and then I'm going to talk about um, the kind of talking about um, locality um, that, uh, we, that we might want to move towards. Um, so the first thing is that I really, um, I didn't actually expect to be looking at place. Um, my background is in literature. Um, I tend to think of uh, identities um, and subjectivity, uh, particularly in relation to narrative. I think about temporality. Um, I didn't go into my research thinking I would be looking at place. Um, part of it uh, I'm gonna uh, is something I'm going to come back to, um, which is that it's very difficult to read anything about an FE college that doesn't use the word local. Um, and so uh, I, that, that was kind of there right from when I uh, started reading about it. Uh, but the other thing is that I think um, FE is actually very useful, and HE and FE particularly is very useful because um, HE and FE has to almost uh, define itself very explicitly as higher education. And so sometimes what it does is it really highlights the kind of hidden things that higher education does when it doesn't have to shout about it so much. And so um, I started uh, to notice, for example, um, that um, the, a lot of the colleges um, that have higher education uh, qualifications um, teach them in a specific university centre. Um, so a lot of them have a, a big new building where they teach their higher education students. Um, and that suggests a kind of embedded um, association between uh, studying a type of qualification and the building in which you study it. Um, and this is true in uh, research as well. So uh, some research recently by Dylan and uh, Bentley uh, got um, the tutors to say uh, how they felt their students who started off at level three in FE and shifted into undergraduates um, changed in terms of their environment and what they said was that they tried to create an FE environment so they said we have a specific higher education room um, which has these facilities so again they were making an explicit link between the place in which higher education is studied and the type of higher education that it is or the type of education that it is and they felt it was a they needed their students to make a physical transition um, between levels um, and the same uh, this is taken from an FE college website that advertises the fact that it has dedicated higher education study areas so this is really uh, as a way of kind of saying why I was led to think about place in a way that I hadn't really thought about before um, so, uh, I'm going to explain briefly how I'm looking at um, higher education and place, and this is where um, I'm trying to think about it in relation to my understandings of narrative, um, particularly of the future, and I think a lot of the things um, that uh, we think about to do with education are to do with students being able to imagine themselves uh, in the future. Um, and what their qualification will do for them. Um, so I'm particularly looking at um, uh, cultural geographers who um, situate uh, place um, and locality um, in terms of thinking about subjectivities and, and narratives. Um, and Deserto and Massey uh, are two people who do that. Um, and so I'm kind of um, trying to incorporate an understanding of place into understandings of how subjectivities are constructed and constituted in multiple ways. Um, 
I am also looking at local in terms of the stratification of HE. I think um, there's always the danger that we talk about higher education as um, a kind of single thing in the UK. And um, uh, I think John, who's speaking after me, um, his work is uh, really, really important in um, highlighting the different ways um, that universities uh, do things in, in uh, the UK. Um, I think that we are unlikely to see local used very often in relation to Oxbridge. Um, as a word, it's very, they very rarely talk about their local students. Um, I think that happens more when we talk about post-92 universities and it happens almost ubiquitously if we talk about higher education and further education. Um, so I think that local as a concept um, comes to be implicated in the hierarchy of um, elite and non-elite higher education um, in the UK. That very much relates to um, the way that I'm thinking about um, uh, space uh, and power. I'm going to explain this very, very uh, briefly. Um, this is Doreen Massey who um, uh, was arguing really against an idea that modern life is about the compressing of time and space. So arguing against the idea that everybody can instantly access um, something from halfway across the world or half a day away. Um, and uh, that, that term is time-space compression, that modern life has enabled us to do that. And I think that that view very much accords with um, elite global Edu higher education, um, the way that el elite higher education is also seen as uh, competing in a global market. But what Doreen Massey argued is that um, there are power structures within that. Um, and so there are um, people who are able to move and to access and to um, fly, fly to other countries and go to universities in different places. Um, and there are people who aren't, and there are people who control those movements and people who are controlled by them. Um, and that very much uh, links into the hierarchies um, that are in place in education, in higher education particularly. Um, and I think also um, it links with the way that we understand the local um, as a euphemism. Um, and I think a lot of the time um, we do use the word local to mean not local but disadvantaged in some way because actually it's a requirement of Oxbridge universities that their students live within a 20 mile distance of the university. All of their students are local. They're never described as local. Um, so what we mean is students who are for whatever reason less mobile, so less participating in the time-space compression, disadvantaged by that geometry of power. Um, and what we often, the way we often talk about it is we will say local students when we mean uh, students who can't move around, who don't know anyone who's ever left their area, who um, don't want to go to an institution that's further than a mile away, um, who are carers, who are parents. Um, a lot of the time that's what we mean when we say local and um, that very much accords with Matthew's idea that uh, the structures of place are also structures of power. Um, so I want to think about this uh, particularly with um, the idea of HE in FE um, and uh, my argument really is that 
um, at the moment, policies of higher education and policies of further education um, place HE and FE in an almost impossible local quandary. Um, so I wanted to use this uh, Hefke map of uh, warm spots and cold spots. It's from it's dated from 2012-2013, um, and what it does is it plots uh, places in England um, of high concentration of provision for higher education and low concentration. Um, and again, I'm thinking about uh, language really because um, the Hefke's language was that uh, areas in the UK with fewer institutions providing higher education were cold spots and the warmer spots were with lots of provision. Um, and uh, they, this goes along with the kind of logic of marketization that we're very familiar with in higher education, which is uh, more choice, more variety, more competition, more is a good thing. Um, so that seems what we're familiar with. But higher uh, sorry, further education is currently under a process of area review in which provision is being streamlined. Um, so the logic there is we need to move towards fewer, often larger, more resilient and efficient providers. Um, so conceptualizations of place in relation to higher education provision here make it very difficult um, to know um, what, uh, what the construction of place for the higher education and further education student um, is. And this is um, more important because um, as I've already said, higher education in further education um, is seen as um, the kind of local um, provision. So it's very vulnerable to conceptualizations of locality. It's very vulnerable to external definitions of what is necessary um, and what is needed at a local level and what will represent provision that is local. So if we go right back to the beginning, what will represent provision that is local to your city or your county or your street. Um, higher education and further education you could argue is perhaps uh, the most vulnerable to that conceptualization in a way that um, universities that expect their students to leave home and come and uh, live on their campuses um, are less um, vulnerable to those definitions. Um, so um, <coughs> This is sort of what I uh, wanted to finish with, um, really, which was um, that uh, Doreen Massey uh, says in her uh, in one of her um, texts. Uh, I remember some of my most painful times as a geographer have been spent unwillingly struggling to think how one could draw a boundary around somewhere like the East Midlands, um, and I have certainly um, I can kind of see. Um, being very new to discussions of place, how actually the more you think about place, the less easy place places are to define, the less easy uh, the local is to define. Um, but one of the things I think, um, one of the problems is that we also do that all the time. Um, we also say, we're going to talk about the local, so we will talk about, um, I don't know, a city, or we're going to talk about the local, so we will talk about an area. Um, and um, this is perhaps uh, very clear um, in um, the justification for, or the, um, sorry, the methodology for the uh, FE area reviews, um, which quite clearly and unproblematically um, 
define a local area and usually they define it as a large city. If there is no large city, they will define it as a county or as part of a county. And so there is no sense um, within sometimes the way we talk about locality of that painful drawing of boundaries um, that Doreen Massey is talking about. Um, and I suppose that's why I wanted to end by sort of drawing all those kind of ideas together of um, being aware of the euphemistic way we use local and perhaps the boundaries we're drawing around students with that. Um, being aware of the different definitions of local and the way that sometimes when we use it we're imposing boundaries um, by using local in a certain way. And so I suppose I wanted to argue for um, maybe a, if not a more painful, perhaps a more thoughtful um, way of um, using local and place um, when we talk about higher education.